when I was growing up, there was a lovely program that my father loved watching and it always sparked discussion. And that was something about beyond belief, fact or fiction. It was called. So they show a clip and then we then decide as the audience whether it's a fact or it's a fiction. And there was a time when we got to a point where we started to make notes and keep score of how many times we guessed it right, whether it was fact or fiction. And sometimes in our lives, especially as mothers, sometimes we need to guess whether something is actual fact or fiction. The most important one, which really serves as a bedrock for us, especially as working mothers, is is work-life balance a fact or fiction? I am Dr. Dini. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. And today, we're going to play a little game. Fact or fiction is work-life balance, fact or fiction. So please stay tuned if you have not already subscribed to this podcast. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please feel free to put your comments in the chat and also share this with other mothers as well. So, but before I go in there, I want us to remember what it is that we do. Mothers are amazing. Apart from being a mother, you have many roles. One being either you're working for someone, you're working for yourself, or you're running a business, or you're doing both. And we all know that doing each and every one of these things individually can be challenging. Now, when you combine them, they can be more challenging and probably even lead you to ill health or burnout. And that's the reason why the concept of work-life balance came in at some point and people thought, oh yeah, there is a way you can balance everything. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on what work-life balance brings. And I've got a few mothers who could not join us on the show, but they have sent some amazing thoughts about this particular topic. So there's one mother who said, well, she thinks it's a fact because it is essential that we can create a balance between what our work life looks like and what our home life looks like. And when we are able to create that balance, almost like when you're measuring ingredients to bake a cake, it makes a huge difference when they kind of uh, have a bit of equality. I love the way she put that um, impact of having a balance and the way that impacts our well-being physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. Because you can't tell a working mother, well, quit your job, just be at home. And you can't tell a stay-at-home mother, say, well, just take care of the kids, don't do anything else to bring in income. Except maybe you've got some other means of generating income or you have some other means of um, getting your basic necessities of life sorted. You as a mother will need to do some form of work to bring in income. And so for that reason, it's so important that we start to pay attention to what work-life balance has to offer. So of course, it is kind of uh, interesting to see that lots of studies have been shown that there is the importance when it comes to creating a balance between what amount of things 
energy resources are put into your work and when, and what kind of resources, energy, and time is put into your work in your home life. I personally, I know what it's like. <laughs> um, I do quite a lot of things. And of course, apart from being a mother, which is what I would call my favorite role and the one I really enjoy the most, I'm also a family doctor. Now, some people ask me, so you still practice medicine, right? And how long, how many times do you practice it? And how, how, and they're trying to get their heads around all the things I do and how I allocate time to each one. What I've found very useful, which helps with that terminology of creating a balance. Now, I'll tell you a little bit why the word balance kind of does not sit as well with me as another word is the fact that when you are doing whatever you're doing, you need to be aware, and the word aware is so important, of the amount of energy, the time, that's the amount of time, but also the timing of what you're putting into each different aspect. So my primary role is mother. Personally, I love that because I know that I'm not just nurturing myself, I'm nurturing these beautiful creatures who are wonderful beings, being the best version of themselves, while I am improving myself to even be better than I was yesterday or a moment ago. And all this needs to ensure that that relationship we're building is preparing them for the future and preparing me for even better things or greater things. After that, I start to look at other things that perhaps could be very um, useful to who I am. So one of them, of course, is being a family doctor. Now, I love being a doctor and I love seeing my patients and I love um, helping people. But there are certain times when I need to reduce the time given to that, reduce the energy that is put into that, and also know the right timing for that. As well as home life, I need to know how much time I'm giving to that, what the timing is like, and the energy I need to bring to it. I'll give you an example. When my children were younger, and this was a time when I was grieving the loss of my father and I was working full-time as a doctor, and I, that time there was nothing like balance. There was, in short, I was a right mess because I was going through the grief process. It was all fresh in my mind and going through stressful situations and still having these beautiful children to take care of. And so while I was going through all that, I was just like, oh my goodness, there has to be another way. <laughs> you know, it was really, really stressful. But at that point, I came to realize that those young children, that was before they started like primary school and the rest of that, I had a way to regulate the time that I gave and how much the um, energy I gave because I knew at that point I did not have much energy. I was still trying to figure myself out. So my children were in nursery. Now I know not everybody can do this, um, but most of the time when working mothers are um, in any situation, any 
working mothers, they will need someone to take care of the children while they're working, except maybe you have the good fortune of working in an environment where you can work from home. In my own case, as a doctor, I could not work from home. I had to be in the hospital and I was doing my own calls. So because of that, my children started early. So they were dropped off at the nursery and picked up at about 6, 630 um, and it was really like almost 12 hours or so where they were in a nursery, 10 hours, I would say. And it was very helpful because outside that time, they were with me. Outside that time, they, when they were with me, they were sleeping for, say, eight hours or maybe nine, depending, of course, on um, my beautiful children's schedule. So I knew that. The time I could that was available for that interaction, that building of the bond and relationship was particular time. Now, I also recognized that I did not have much energy at that point in time in my life. But there are certain things that did not need me to push so much energy out. So I started to think about ways that I could present some lower energy demanding activities. So fun activities that were not energy demanding that would drain me further. But then I also looked at giving that, um, the timings as well. So sometimes when I noticed that my children were more active, say in the morning, I would let that play time or engagement time in the morning. If it was towards afternoon, especially on the weekends, that was when it fell into. If it was more nighttime, evening time, that's where that fell into. And I was able to kind of work away around that. When it came to work, now that's another one, still the same three concepts where you think about the energy you're bringing in. You think about the time span that you need to give the energy to the work and the timing as well. Some people work a nine to five job. Then you know from nine till five, this is what I'm doing. You also know that there are certain levels of energy you give to certain parts of your job. There are some things that need like full energy, full blast from you. And there are some things that really don't need as much because maybe they are automated or there are things that you can delegate or there are things that are not as demanding. And then, of course, that's the um, energy. And then, of course, there's the timing. Now, for someone like me who has worked shifts before, I've worked daytime shifts where I'm working like nine to five. But there's some people that work night shifts. In that kind of scenario, there is usually a bit of a switch. And the switch is like your circadian rhythm just goes out <laughs> because you're normally, ideally, supposed to be awake in the daytime and asleep at night. But if you are working a night shift, you need to be awake at night. So then you need to kind of compensate for that um, loss of night sleep with some form of sleep during the day. So these are certain compromises that were made, but it all brought down to adjusting the energy that was being given to that work or home situation, the timing. Okay. And also the time that was given as well. So in terms of the work and the life, 
I looked at it not from a balanced perspective because you, you, it's not, oh, I gave five hours to work. I'm going to give five hours to home. That's where the issue with the word balance is. So that's where I have an issue with the word balance because it's not as per, if I put uh, something on this scale, I need to put an equal amount or an equivalent amount on the other scale. Doesn't work that way. Sometimes it might be a five hour here and a two hour here does not make you a bad mother. Sometimes it might be um, more energy in one and less energy in the other. Doesn't make you a bad employee. So there are these kind of things, but what they tend to do is to allow the flow, the harmony. And that's where that concept comes from. Talking about work-life harmony as opposed to work-life balance. So that's a fact, and that is amazing. Okay, now the next one is fiction. <laughs> now this one I really loved because the fiction is achieving perfect balance is unrealistic. <laughs> now this submission really, really got me because we know how much it, it takes to do each and every role that we have as mothers. We know how much dedication and maybe planning and implementation it takes to do great in your business, do great in your work, to do great at home. Maybe if you've got uh, roles as a, um, a daughter, an auntie, a wife, uh, um, a mom, you know, all those other things that you do, you want to be great at those things. But you see, when it comes to I, everyone achieving that, that, oh yeah, you can do it. It's more, it's more fiction because can we really, can we actually achieve that balance where everything is equal? That's where the fiction is. So same concept of bringing in a bit more integration between all the different spheres and letting them all come together. I don't know how many of you have ever watched a concert. There was a day I suddenly, um, heard about a concert now something about me i love classical music and i also love sci-fi movies one day i heard that the there was a presentation happening in edinburgh where the um, philharmonic society was presenting a playing of all the instruments for using themes from sci-fi movies like Star Trek and Star Wars and the rest of that. My goodness, that was heaven for me. Here I am into sci-fi stuff and I know all the theme songs in sci-fi movies. And then I also love classical music. I did not have to think twice. I got a ticket straight to Edinburgh and went to watch this. It was beautiful. It was magical. It was phenomenal. And I, I wish they do it again sometime soon. And I'll probably signpost you there, but it was really, really good. But having said that, when I was watching them play, I saw the different people that made up this orchestra. Each one of them had a different instrument. And if not that maybe I had a bit of an understanding of music in high school, 
thankfully I had a great music teacher, kudos to Mrs. Nanga. And this um, teaching I got was able to let me know there's a difference between a violin and a viola, and there's a difference between um, a trombone and uh, a trumpet, you know, all those kind of little bits and details. Now, I did not study music, so I don't know too much beyond that introductory bit. But each person in the orchestra has got an instrument and they all have their scripts. Now, there is a conductor in the front or rather in the middle of them who is able to bring them all in so that as they are creating a masterpiece of this music that we all are waiting to hear, we will be able to appreciate the harmony. Because if just the trumpet was playing, it's some part, according to the script in front of it, there's some people that may not like the sound of the trumpet. Some people might just hear the piano playing and they just go, oh, well, that sounds a bit flat. Or someone might hear the, one of the string instruments, either the violin or the cello playing, and think, oh, gosh, that is just something that's making my ears screech. But when all these instruments play together with their different parts, that harmony comes in. That is why from your work, from your business, from your role as mom, from your role as a daughter, from your role as a wife, what are the things that can integrate, swim into each other, create harmony between the different aspects of your life? That is what we are trying to achieve rather than that perfect balance, which is a fiction. I hope you're enjoying this. And if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the comments, reach out to me. You'll have means of getting in touch on all my social media platforms. This is where we talk about how we as working mothers are addressing work-life balance, fact or fiction. The next part is of presented facts, okay? Employers play a crucial role in supporting this work-life balance. Now, we all know that definition might be a little bit tricky, especially if you're thinking that balance is the equality between one part of the life and part of the work. Okay, so it's not a, as a measure of equality or equivalence. It is more the proportionate um coexistence of both elements okay so we'll take it as a coexistence in this case and that is a fact because employers play a crucial role when you are an employee your time at work is dedicated to bringing service creating a product or enabling your employer to achieve his or her goals that time that they are with you or you're with them, you are meant to be working on their project, on their work, on what they are hoping to get, what you have been employed to do. The issue now is, what if during that time, especially as a mother, you get a phone call from school, which I have gotten a few times, and I don't know if you are a mom who has gotten a phone call, you know that dreaded phone call from school? I just wanted to just put your hands on your chest and say, well, I, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. 
<laughs> okay? Because it is terrifying. You get that call, child's not well, you need to leave work. An employer who's supportive of the employee will not say, no, you're going to finish that job whether you like it or not. And until you finish, you can't leave. Why is it important for employers to pay attention to things like this? Because a mother being told that their child is not well, is not going to do a good job for you. Her mind is going to be on my child. Oh my goodness. Hope everything is okay. My child just fell. What's, what's going on? And the mind, you know how it works. It's really a creative um, machine. It can create lots of scenarios. Oh yeah, your child's head is broken or maybe your child's broken an arm. Oh my goodness, the child's probably having a fever, might have a fit in the next few seconds. All kinds of things can go through the mind. And so being able to say, we're giving a bit of flexibility where this parent can go take care of the child. Let us know later what exactly is going on. That is such a blessing. And my aim, especially as I speak in different organizations, as I coach in companies that employ mothers, I say, well, there are certain strategies that you can put in place as an employer to ensure that you are taking care of your employees. You are paying attention to these things. There is a saying that my father was very fond of saying and something that really stuck with me. He said, politeness is like an air cushion. There is nothing in it, but it softens the bumps in life. An employee can be working for a company, a business, a multinational um, enterprise. And while the employee seems small compared to the big business or the company, there is an element of politeness that needs to occur from the employer to the employee, and of course, vice versa. However, there are certain times when the employee does not get the appropriate amount of politeness that is required. And that is when that employee decides, you know what, enough is enough, I'm leaving this job. And that is why many people are leaving jobs because in that moment of crisis, in that moment that they needed someone to be present for them, be human, be connected with the very apparent struggles that come in form of being human, being a mother, and, and having all the other responsibilities, the politeness was not put across. And so that little politeness, I would say, sure, go ahead and pick your child. Let me know if there's anything we can do to help. That phrase alone could have made a huge difference. And all this mom would do is go check on her child, make sure everything is fine, get back to work or get back across to her boss or whoever it is and say, this is what's going on. And I'm, I'm going to need some more time or, oh, it's all sorted now. I can come back to work or can I continue my work from home? You know, those kind of things, but it all comes from having that relationship. And that is why employers have a crucial role to play in supporting this harmonious relationship between your work and your role as mother. Another thing that employers can do when it comes to their critical role is looking at policies. Now, I know it's a small businesses, maybe some medium-sized businesses, they may not have such a robust 
policymaking uh, machinery to help with the mothers in the employ, but it's something to think about. Sometimes there are certain things that you can implement into your workforce that make people feel like, oh, this is somewhere I'd love to work in. There have been more increased numbers of um, employee surveys where employees would say, I work somewhere, but if this was not paying money, I would leave. And if I did not need this money bad, I would have left a long time ago. This should not be a problem. This should not be what will be happening. This should be something that should be resolved. It should be a situation whereby it's Monday. You're like, yay, I'm going into work. You should be excited to go to work. But when you are feeling, oh my goodness, it's Monday, not again. That is not great. That is just having the stress levels rise because you're like, oh goodness, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How am I going to make this? And, and it, it is quite debilitating. I remember when I was younger, my brother did something. Oh my goodness. On Sunday, he starts going, yes, yes, tomorrow is Monday. And I didn't quite get it. Well, my brother used to do this where he was celebrating going to work the next day. He used to celebrate it. I was like, wow, that is uh, interesting. That's weird, <laughs> you know, but that's rubbed off on me. So I started to look at it differently. And of course, me and my brother, we, we're quite close. We talk about quite a few things. It's not as though that when he went to work, he was given a gold crown and a gold throne and a scepter in his hand and someone was massaging his feet. It wasn't like it was all, you know, rosy up there. But he made it rosy. He looked at it with a positive spin that even when there were shortcomings, he looked at it as a learning opportunity. And that's something that we as mothers can do, especially in our organizations. However, it's still a fact that employees can work collaboratively with their employers to make a huge difference. So yes, fact, employers play a crucial role in supporting work-life balance. And we're going to move on to the final one. And we've kind of touched on this. This was another point that was raised. So the question is, work-life balance means equal time for work and equal time for personal life. <laughs> now that's a good one. So what do you think? Fact or fiction? <laughs> right. Okay. So. I'm going to do a poll at some point, okay? And I think it's something I can do, of course, on my social media platform. So if you are someone who likes games, because I love games, I will put up something that you'll be able to kind of pick up and say, oh yeah, I think I like that. I think I like that. I think that's right. I think that's something that is interesting, okay? So we're going to do a fact on fiction game and it's going to come as um, an interactive poll. All right. So work-life balance, it means equal time for work and equal time for personal life. That is fiction, <laughs> okay? So for example, I'll give you an example. You've got how many hours in a day? First of all, 24 hours. The busiest person has 24 hours. The not very busy person has 24 hours. The baby has 24 hours. The elderly person has 24 hours. I mean, seriously, everybody has 24 hours, but what we do with that 24 hours make a huge difference ideally we're supposed to be sleeping and adults and I'm talking about an adult I mean children sleep for a bit longer 
between six to eight hours. Some people sleep six, but let's say everybody sleeps eight hours. So a third of your day is gone sleeping, right? Now, that made it sound wrong. No, a third of your day is spent regenerating your body through sleep. I think that sounds a lot better. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So you've got two thirds of your day to get around your different roles, right? Now you work at nine to five and nine to five means you've got eight hours at work. Yeah. Super. So two thirds of your day is accounted for. Now you have got a third left. We all know that that third includes driving from one destination to another or commuting, whether you're driving, you're flying, you're taking a train or whatever. It involves you being fed. So you eating or preparing your food. It involves you taking care of your children, um, taking care of your loved ones. All that is incorporated there. You doing your physical activities, whether you are going to the gym or you are doing some exercise at home. It also involves you hydrating, going, going about your normal day function. So every single thing is accounted for in that eight hours. Now, let's look at it. From that picture alone, you can see that even though it looks like eight hours at, for work and the remaining leftover third of your day, which is also eight hours, it's not really personal life. Because we all know that that commute time to work is not taken out of the eight hours of work. It's taken out of that personal time. The sending a quick email or quick message to someone about work is taken out of that personal time. So getting that equal time is really a myth. Okay. So what can we do? We talked about the difference between that equal time or equivalent time, but then also looking at it from a different perspective. For example, there are some times that you can decide it's not about the quantity, but about the quality. And I'll tell you what I mean. I remember there was a time when my children were very into um, doing a lot of uh, physical activity. Okay. And I, they still do a lot of physical activity, but when it comes to lots of activity, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they were so busy and I really enjoyed doing that with them. But there were times when all they wanted to do was, mommy, can we play frustration? I don't know how many of you are aware of that game. It's like a board type game. It's an indoor game. You don't have to run around or chase anyone. You just hit a button and it throws up some dice and you move and you laugh and you, <laughs> you know, you have a genie in there. It's really a fun game. So, and it's anybody can play it. It doesn't really matter how old, as long as the child does not swallow the pieces or anything. Yeah. As long as the child is like three plus, I think you can actually play the game. It's really, really engaging, but there might be other games that you and your children enjoy playing. How long does that, maybe a round of that game play um, go for? Sometimes if someone is really good and really lucky getting the high scores or getting the scores that keeps the um, elements or the pieces on your own part of the divide moving, you can end that game within 15 or 20 minutes. 15 or 20 minutes of quality time with those children 
plain frustration and actually having fun, laughing your heads off, making fun of each other, rolling and, you know, really having a great time. Compare that to, okay, I'm going to go and spend two hours with my children. Sometimes they may not need the two hours. Sometimes they may do. Sometimes you could spend that time with them, that 20 minutes with them, have a great time and know that that two hours you can spend on maybe building your business. You can spend on something else you want to do. You can spend on your me time. There are so many ways to put this. So equal time is not an issue. It's more the um, impact that the time you spend gives. Okay. I remember when I was younger, I used to read quite a few books and there was one particular book. I can't remember who the author was, but it was a book in that book. There was a quote I came across and it says one blow seven dies. It was about someone who was so powerful that once he gave a punch, seven people died. I was like, my goodness, <laughs> that is one of the very, very serious punch, isn't it? Um, but what that, what that got me thinking was sometimes the things we do need to be one blow, seven things accomplished. We don't need to do seven different things. We can do one thing and it makes a huge difference. It's almost like a domino effect. You just hit that first domino and it just gets things rolling to get you to your destination. So our job at the moment, and I'm going to give a bit of a challenge, just bringing a little bit of my coaching into this for all the mothers listening. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this, I want you to share this with them. I want you to let them know this is free to listen to. Just listen to it. Learn about this because these are things that can make a huge difference. They made a huge difference for me. They, I mean, looking at where I was coming from, I was feeling that increased stress, grieving, burning out. I mean, it wasn't a great place to be, but using these strategies, I was make, able to make a huge change. That where I thought I was going to end up was not where I was but I was able to move ahead, move forward, move and actually see quite a huge difference. I'm not completely, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Oh gosh, I'm far from perfect. But every single day I'm doing one little thing that I can do, one more strategy. Oh, wow, that's great. That's great. And I'm seeing this result and it's fantastic. And that's what I'm sharing with you. Okay. So I want you to think about it and say, what is that one thing? So when you wake up in the morning, maybe you you are someone that likes a to-do list. Now I used to use a to-do list. Now I use a power list. So you look at the list of things you need to do and just pick up the one or two things that will meet, move the needle for you that day. What are your one blow seven dies? What are those things that will create a domino effect on your list? Those are the things that you do. That's how you get more done in less time, with not as much energy, causing you not to be so stressed out that you burn out and your impact is dwindled because of stress. So we need to work smarter rather than harder. I hope this has resonated with you. I hope this has been able to have a positive impact on your life. So this is it, talking about 
work-life balance, fact or fiction. I hope you enjoy the game and I hope to hear more from you. I am Dr. Denny. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm family doctor, your host in the Wellbeing for Mothers show. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to leave a review. I'd love to hear from you. But until next time, I ask that you stay well. Mm-hmm.